What's up, guys? Welcome back to our podcast today. We'll be talking about substance abuse on our influencer series. Here with me, we have Deb, Danny, and Rebecca. Hey, guys. Welcome back to The Encounter, guys. Uh, once again, thank you guys for choosing our podcast. Um, guys, today, uh, we're going to continue with our influencer ser- uh, series, and we're very excited. Um, and I want to start with saying... Um, such a difficult um, <laughs> topic, right? Because substance abuse and and what not to try and what to try. But I've also I've always I've understood um, this thing in basic doctrine. Where I think um, we've understood, and I want you. I think you taught it last week, mm-hmm. and it's about receptors. Yes. So everything, um, re- everything in our biology, it talks about bio- uh, talks about biology. It talks about receptors. For example, our brain has these certain receptors that go up. When you unlock a little thing, for example, uh, when you drink alcohol, your receptor starts bring comes up. If your dad was a drunk before, or if your grandpa was a drunk before, the same thing happens not only with drugs but spirit in the spiritual in the spiritual world. So we have to understand that these substance abuse. It's not that we want to say, "Oh, don't smoke, don't drink, don't do drugs." That's not that's all we want to do. But the Bible in First Corinthians explains to us that we are the temple of the Lord. And I also I always tell people, "Hey, Danny, you know why are tattoos so wrong? Or you know why can't I smoke weed?" And I, the only thing that I can tell them and the way that I, I can make him understand is this would you smoke weed inside of church and no. they give me they give me this huge long face like no I would never do that and I'm like then why don't you treat your body just like a temple of God and then they all look at me they're like oh that makes more sense I'm like yes because that's what God made us if you believe in Christ if you accept Jesus Christ your body is a temple therefore we must live in worship and in purity for him to live in that's our that's our, that's our prayer for God to live within us and then he can take the wheel that's where, that's where the the huge um, line comes from Jesus take the wheel mm-hmm. but there's also that line saying how can you take the wheel if you have both hands on it you know what I mean? You have to let them do it. So if you add substances, if you add drinking, if you add sweet, if you add pills, how can he truly tell you what to do? How can he truly guide your life if you're high or you're letting pills take the wheel instead? Yeah, it's true because we're not allowed to um, let our senses go out. Like if I make myself clear, like you have to be in control yourself too because once you take substances – that's when you lose total control of your senses. Mostly the way you think, the way like things feel around you, you're like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, right. But like at the same time, you're having different thoughts too. And like what, like you don't have full like control. Like it's like putting yourself on autopilot. Right. Like you're just letting what whatever the flow is take you. And it doesn't matter where it takes you. And like I'm saying this by experience. When I was younger, like I, it was something that, like, attracted me, and something that my friends did. And when you like are around those people, it's like my grandma says. She's like, um, if they're in the honey, then something's bound to stick to you. Right. Yeah. So that's what stuck to me. It's like and seeing everybody doing it, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it, but. 
remembering the things that I felt at the time, I was like, I have no control. I'm feeling weird. Like they're like sensations that you're like, this is not okay. Right. But, and, and you know, you know what's crazy about that about those, those sensations that in the moment you might just say, "Oh, this is this is good," but you don't know what's actually happening to your body. Yeah. So, for example, I know that there's a drug. Let me see if I can get this right. Um, I think if I'm not wrong, there's a which one's a drug that like leaves like literally like holes in your brain. Um, oh my God, huh? Which one? Methamphetamine. Uh, methamphetamine that it hits you so hard yeah. that there's holes in your brain. So now. Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says that everything that happens in this world is nothing but a reflection of what happens spiritually. So if, if it leaves a hole in your brain, what do you think it does to your spiritual life? It leaves a hole. It leaves a hole. Yeah. So, so you have to understand that everything we try and everything we experiment is very dangerous. Go ahead. Go ahead, please. So I have a first. Um, it's First Peter 5, 8. Um, be sober-minded. Be watchful. You're adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour and honestly drugs take over a lot like sometimes you're not able to think straight you know like i've had experience with it and i'm not proud of it i've came and i've ministered myself and honestly i'm very happy now like drugs will take over your life a lot like for me it took over in school my family and all that and I struggled in school a lot and doing drugs didn't help at all and I remember I was like writing and I didn't I wasn't writing right I was mixing up letters and then I was like I need to seek help but there was no one I could go to or trust you know it's sometimes we're like you're trying to go to a friend and they give you the worst advice like oh no just keep doing it but then you're like no, I don't want to do this anymore, you know? And I was at a place where I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. And I was hoping to get caught, you know? And thank God my sister had helped me and she snitched me out, you know? I was mad at her for a, for, for a while, you know? <laughs> but then I realized, because I had an encounter with God, and that's when my whole life changed. It, it turned over, like, having God with you, like, you'll have a a new perspective of everything, you right. know, like, why did I do this, you know, and then like, oh, you know, I could have done better, you know, or, and like, more and more, like, I could have done more with God, you know, and like, you lost so many years of that. But honestly, drugs will take a lot away from your encounter with God. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say uh, that I don't think necessarily, uh, Please hear me, hear my whole sentence before yeah. you guys come at me just like punching. I'm a yell at you. Know? <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't think necessarily what's wrong is the fact that you do drugs, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's wrong because of what it causes, mm-hmm. right? Because the Bible gives us this triangle of liberty, right? That we mm-hmm. believe in that says all things are lawful. Like you can do all things, but remember, not all things edify you, not mm-hmm. all things are um, convenient. And by none, you should be dominated. So I think that all three of these things we can see that doing drugs, alcohol, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't edify you. You know, what it causes is to lower your inhibitions, to lower um, what you were saying, right? You can no longer be sober-minded. You can no longer be on alert. And that's what God wants from us. And so if we're uh, defying his purpose by doing these things, that's when it becomes wrong. Um, Like you said, it's like the triangle of liberty. Does it edify you? Does it dominate you? Is it convenient for you? But exactly. So drugs technically are made for sick people that's what it is is not for a healthy person to take because 
what does it do? It messes with your hormones. By hormones, yeah, there's different types of hormones. I'm not talking about, like, sexual hormones. I'm talking about, like, the ones that make you happy, mad, sad. And, yeah, so um, when you take those, you're overproducing the hormones that cause that happiness, that pleasure that you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I want more, I want more. Like, I and what ends up happening is that then you can't feel a void that you have within yourself and you're like even growing up in church it was still difficult it was because imagine i had at the time i had no conviction and with no conviction that means no holy spirit so see how i was spiritually dead like i didn't care at points that i was like um going high to church i was like okay whatever it is what it is and i'll deal with it like, I, at that point, I didn't care about where my life was headed. I was like, I'm about to leave, like, home. I'm going to go to college. And, like, whoa, I'm going to party it up. But, like, no, that's not what God wants. God wants you to be happy in him and have the Holy Spirit to guide you and give you that spiritual happiness and that and put, like, something inside that void that you kept creating. Um, Honestly, what you guys are saying is so awesome and i wanted to add to that um because i i've done a lot of research on a lot of different substances and what i find so interesting that is that um when people use them in the moment they feel a sense of elation of happiness right uh like but what's so interesting is that a lot of them are linked to depression Mm -hmm. like for example alcohol is literally a depressant (laughs) <laughs> and uh, heroin, for example, um, causes the overproduction of, like you guys were saying, uh, do- dopamine, which causes happiness. But what happens w- with prolonged use is that your body stops producing uh, that that uh, natural dopamine and you can no longer feel happy without using the heroin. So what, it, what, it hap- what happens is that anybody who if they ever decide or are able to come clean from these drugs is that they're no longer able to feel happy because the substance that replaced their their natural happiness is no longer there. So they struggle with these ongoing issues of depression and sadness and things that they can't overcome because they've tried to replace that for so long. And it's interesting because God is supposed to be our happiness and they replace it with something that's wrong and then they can never come back from it until they come back to Christ, who can replace anything that you've lost. You know, I was gonna tell you guys right now that that sometimes I feel like um, like the reason why drugs, um, you know, we shouldn't do drugs is because uh, drugs works a lot. Just before, just like my sister said, before you guys <laughs> judge me, listen to it. That drugs work a lot in the place of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna tell you guys why. Drugs comes into our lives and it becomes a host. Of our body becomes a host of our mind but the only not the only there's many differences but the worst di- difference and the worst thing that can happen is that when drugs comes to your life it makes you feel bad at the end it makes you feel used it makes you feel empty but when the holy spirit comes mm-hmm. and it fills you it fills you uses you it, it, I, I i honestly i well i'll tell you guys this later on but but when the holy spirit fills you it it not only l- when it leaves, like for example, you're not walking around 
uh, prophesying or speaking in tongues the whole time, right? Yeah. But when you're done, like, there's a sense of fulfillment, yeah. a sense of peace. There's a sense of, I can't wait for Sunday to come by. And that's exactly what I want to tell you guys. That's exactly why I tell people, don't do any drugs because what you're doing is substituting. It's like, for example, substituting a home-cooked meal for McDonald's. Will it both feed you? Yes. Yeah. What's going to be better for you? The home-cooked home meal. And and that overall, like maybe the first time you might not even see it, right? Nobody sees the difference in the first McDonald's meal that you get. But when you're taking 35 years old and you have high blood pressure, your sugar's you know 300, and you're having heart problems, that's when you're gonna start noticing. Go ahead, Noli. I was just gonna say, Danny, that this is exactly what Jesus tells that Samaritan woman, right? That she tells him, like, hey, will you give me a drink? Because she had a thirst that could not be. Um, satiated yeah, yeah it cannot be yet quenched and then he tells you the water that i'm gonna give you you'll never have to thirst again which is exactly what he was saying right like there's a whole bunch of things that the world uh, offers us that are literally like gachos like how do you say that like uh fake seconds like you know yeah. like yeezys but fake yeah, like you know like the the fake stuff that it wants to be yeah. what god offers because of course we everything like the, the the evil does is trying to copy God in a negative way, right? So th that's exactly what this does. It's, it's it's offering you things that fulfill or fill you momentarily, but really, when it comes down to the day and you're lying at night, are you really satisfied, or were you satisfied for ten minutes, an hour, two hours, three hours? And sometimes we feel like that is our only choice, which is why these people continue to come back to this, but because they haven't had water from the well that will never make you thirst again. And that's crazy because if you guys, if you if you read the rest of the story, what did, what did the Samaritan woman do? She drank from his well, and then went and to and to tell the whole town, yeah. meaning that she couldn't keep it inside. Now, uh, I have never done drugs. Like I've never done like hardcore drugs because that's yeah. not what I've you know that's yeah, not yeah. that's not my struggle, right? But what I what I always I always I always wonder was this, and I, I loved the what as uh, example with fake shoes or fake clothes. In reality, everybody thinks you're happy in the outside and you got money in the outside. Mm -hmm. But the only person that knows that it's fake and it bothers is who? Jesus. No, it's you. you yourself. For example, let's yeah. just say you have a fake pair of shoes, right? Who's it bothering? Like, you're walking around, you know, like, whoa, those are sick shoes. But who knows deep in the back of their head knows, all right, yeah. But these, you, right? But if you're walking around with the right shoes, with the right clothes... Doesn't matter what they tell you. They probably half the people can tell you they're fake, and you wouldn't even care because you know what you paid for it. Yeah. Same. That's why I love that as an example. You when you know that it's the real deal. Doesn't matter when people tell you, "Oh, Rebecca, but why are you so straight edged?" Oh my God, what happened to this, <laughs> Rebecca? Oh my God, Diane, what happened yeah, to this? Oh my God. But deep <laughs> yeah. down, you're like, I don't care if they call me fake. I know what I have is real, and what they have is fake. Yeah, like you guys are saying, it is something that it only fills you up temporarily. Like, imagine trying to pay for happiness, like trying Horrible. to look for money to like pay for that high the next day and be like, oh, yeah, because it felt good the day before, like and constantly paying for it. It's like you're losing money paying for something that is not going to stay with you forever. Yeah. Like, and it, it sucks. And realizing it and being like why am i spending so much money on th these substances knowing well that i'm in church and i could be filled up 
by the Holy Spirit for free. I could find happiness in church. And I feel like a lot of people find that mistake that, oh, yeah, because people don't treat me well or this and that. Or um, that was my issue. I would look at people, how they would treat me when I was younger. And I'll be like, I hate this place. Like, I hate it. And it's like, no, you're not there for the people. Yeah. You're there for God. You're there for the Holy Spirit. And mm. only the Holy Spirit can satisfy that sadness, can satisfy, like, that anger and be like, you know what? Like, just put all your burdens on me. You don't mm. have to find different outlets to, like, to, like, feed yourself with. And just come to me. Yeah. I have a verse. Um, how you said the Holy Spirit feeds you and everything. First um, Corinthians six nineteen it says, "Don't you know that your body is a temple that belongs to the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, whom you received from God, lives in you. You don't belong to yourselves." And honestly, sometimes we're like, "Oh, but it's my body, my choice," you know. But it's like it isn't because God created you. God made you so you could serve Him and praise Him, you know. And sometimes we don't understand that because we don't have that connection with God. But once you have that that encounter with him your whole mindset changes and you're like oh i want more of him or i what do i need like i feel empty and then you're like oh but i need i need to read the bible more i need to hear his word more because that's how you feel yourself up and then you don't have these thoughts like oh i want to go do drugs or i or i want to drink you know or i'm depressed like you know you know the medicine you need which is jesus which is the holy spirit so you start seeking him more so yeah you know you know before you talk before just so, so i can let, let me finish your, your your thought which is a verse and the verse is when jesus uh talks to to some people and it says he who he who loses his life trying to find his life lose it but he who dies for me finds eternal life that's exactly what God wants yeah. us to lose whatever we want to do and do whatever he wants us to do. And not what the pastor thinks is good. Not what I think is good, but what the Bible, what the right stature should be. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, like, I found it so interesting what Diane and Rebecca were saying, right? Because Diane was saying, like, oh, we're looking at the people, right, instead of God. Mm -hmm. And then Rebecca was saying, like, hey, you know, like, it's it's going to go and you're going to want to change. You're not going to want to do these things. And it's important to remember this when there's new people. I mm -hmm. feel like it, it's super important that we remember that uh, church is like a hospital for sick people, right? Mm -hmm. We all have our own struggle. And just because... Uh, somebody's struggle doesn't look like yours doesn't make it any less valid mm -hmm. and it doesn't make it any less uh, easier or any less harder harder yeah so um I, I think it's important that you said that because yeah dude maybe let's say like Rebecca struggled with drugs and I've never felt that so I'm like oh my god she's so dumb like just get over it stop doing it yeah. mm -hmm. but maybe something I struggle with is is not so I think just just a quick reminder sorry I know this is not really on topic but just no, mercy but for those who are coming in and remembering that we're all sick just differently yeah, I, and and it's so crazy that you said that we're all sick, just just completely different. And when you see, I always have the saying. I don't know if I ever told you guys, but I wanted this to be our our, our redeemed slogan until my sister shot it down because it that didn't didn't do it. <laughs> but uh, I love redeemed people, redeemed people, meaning that if you were redeemed, if you were brought back to life, don't just stand around with your life back in your hands. Like you tell me, you tell me, Rebecca, that you have a new encounter with God and you've changed. And I believe it. I believe because I've seen you before and after. I've seen you both yeah. ways and I know there's a change. So my question is this, what are you doing to help people lead other people the same way? You see what I'm saying? Like, are you just standing around doing nothing? Or just saying, okay, I'm safe. Thank you very much. Like, remember when we used to play tag? 
and then people would be saved. Uh, remember we used to play tag and that tag that used to go and save people, right? You used to be like, oh, no, freeze I, tag. Yeah, freeze tag. I save people, right? And I would, it would always like boggle my mind that people would only save themselves. And they would be like, oh, I'm good now. And I'd be like, why don't you just wait a few more minutes and let some people get caught and then save everybody? They're like, no, 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 I only care about myself. Like, are we doing this? Or yeah. are we out there consist consistently talking about God and saying, dude, I used to be just like you. I used to be depressed and drugs, though, since we're talking about substance, I used to be in these drugs. Are you standing aside? And just like, just like what I said, it doesn't always have to be a substance of drugs, right? It could be, yeah. it could be pornography. It can be mm-hmm. uh, masturbation. It can be whatever it is that you're struggling with. Well, my question is this, are we standing around just hoping for our family? Sometimes even our, our sisters and our brothers are the ones that are struggling yeah. with this. And we're watching them from a high horse saying, I'm saved and you're not. <laughs> and honestly, that's literally 90% of the problems within family is that. That, how come she feels like she's better than me? When we're not. Yeah. All we is that God had mercy on you and you have to start that mercy on your family as well. And Danny, this kind of comes to like, I'm sorry, I'm just jumping to that question because I feel like it's so relevant. Should I tell the parents of my friends if I see their kids using drugs? And you know what? Even if I'm known as a snitch, maybe not even your friends. Like, what if it's your brother, your sister? Like, like Rebecca was saying, like, absolutely, right? Because what we want mm-hmm. is what's good for them. But we, we tend to forget that what's good is not always what they'll like. Right. You know? So, like, um, for me, when I was doing drugs, I, I started, like, getting into more problems you know and my sister ended up telling my mom like i think it's time for her to get out of school because i'm not she had just graduated it was my first year alone in school i didn't have no siblings there and i just started getting worse and i started ditching more doing more drugs you know so then like my sister my sister told my mom like i think it's time we get her homeschooled and i was mad i i didn't like her i told her i was like i'm disowning you as a sister and i know that's stupid i was like okay and um now i look back and i'm like dude i'm really dumb you know she helped me she wanted the best for me and she risked our bond for her to save my myself you know and like for me to be clean you know and honestly i thank her for what she did because if she would have not snitched on me. She didn't tell my mom for me to get homeschooled. Um, honestly, I wouldn't have that encounter with God. Who God yeah. knows where I would have been, you right. know. So yeah. And it's crazy that you say that, but but a lot of people look. I always I've always told people because um, when I was younger, I my pride was that I've never snitched. That was, that was my Same. pride. When I was younger, I was like, bro, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, literally, like, I'll take, I'll take it to the grave. That's who I was. Yeah. And then as I started growing up, I started feeling that not everybody was like that. You know, like not everybody's willing to put go that far. And then I started seeing that I had a lot of burdens that were not mine. And then I'm like, bro, why do I feel so heavy? Why am I worrying about, you know, my friend across the street when I'm not even worried about my own problems and I have my own problems. And then I started seeing that this. But then now that I'm the youth leader in church and I and I and I I'm going to tell you guys one of my mistakes. I didn't. I try to fix it with this young kid. I try to fix it just me and him. And it turned out that the problem got a lot worse. And the parents finally found out. And they told me, you knew and you could have helped us. I was like, oh, wait, wait, hold on. I knew a piece of it. Not just all of it, right? Yeah. So you can't just do me everything, like, right? Yeah. But, 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 and then I saw this and I was like, I told him, I was like, you know what? That is the price that I have to pay because I put, listen, I put my friendship with this kid over 
the right thing to do. Yeah. So from now on, every time that every time that there's like something crazy that happens, bro, I go to their parents, and most of your parents know this. Most of your parents, that since you guys are here, you guys <laughs> know. Most of your parents know your problems before I even help you, and I say, look, if you let me help, I know how I can help them. Yeah. And they usually go, Danny. Go ahead, keep us updated. And they're just in the background, just, you know, making sure you don't fall off completely. And if you need a spanking, mm-hmm. they spank you. But but you know what I mean? Like I can't I can't spank you guys, but what I'm saying is like now I understood how to do it. And the way to do it is actually exposing you, but exposing you in the right way. Not only exposing you and shaming you, but exposing you and saying, Hey, I'm here to give you a hand. Yeah. It's time to get up. And we pull people up. That's what I'm saying. That's literally my motto to everything. I wish I can put it like on yeah. everywhere I say yeah. is redeem people, redeem people. And, yeah. and we have to understand that's what it is. But yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm not going to talk forever. No, so, like it is true. Like it's better to snitch on someone than just leave them to die. Yes. Because it's like at some point I wish like someone would have snitched on me. But I would have probably taken the same route as Rebecca and been like, oh, screw you. But, like, it's right, like, right. but at the same time, it's like, no. Like, now seeing myself and, like, when I was younger, I would have wanted that. And now when I see the younger kids, I'm like, best believe I'm a snitch on you. Like, right, <laughs> like right. I'm a snitch on you. But it's like, it's just to keep them safe because it's like some, some of us don't have, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, my situation is not the same as the other person. Right. What if they, like, do something extra that causes them to, like, OD? And I'm like, and I, I knew. I don't want that in my conscience to be like, I knew yeah. and I, I could have let their parents know. Bro, honestly, let me tell you. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. I'm literally opening it's my okay. heart. <laughs> let me tell you something. Literally, um, before we started the whole youth and before we started Redeemed, I remember that this little girl came and she, I think I told you guys, right, that she cried. She cried and she was telling me, I want to kill myself and I'll do this shock my life because I've never heard anybody say that to me, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think I told you guys this one time. And I was gonna, what I was going to tell you is that due to my constant fear to this day, is that somebody tells me something and I have their mom calling me, hey, so-and-so is dead and we caught him doing this. And me knowing and me saying, you know, all right, dude, we have until next week. Instead of just saying, going to your mom and be like, listen, your son has this problem. Yeah. He's doing these drugs. And if we, if you don't have an eye for it, if you can't see it, you need to keep an eye because you live with yeah. them. And if you see that they're ODing, yeah. guess what you do? Put them on your side and stick your throw you know your fingers on your throat so they can throw up yeah. like this flashes back and exactly the same thing that that people when people struggle with, with, with drugs i always look at this and people might say danny but you know you can't od from weed and you're right you can't but what i'm trying to say is that it, weed is nothing but a gateway drug and yeah, drinking and drinking can actually get you killed I've, I've lost a lot of friends of drunk driving actually let me tell you guys a story um, that I'm not sure you guys know. When I was like around 21, 22, I used to have this friend. His name was uh, uh, Nigel. He was honestly one of my good friends. I mean, I'm not saying we're like super, super close after high school, but he was really my friend. Like he was always like very cool, very, he was white, he was tall, he was skinny. But when I had trouble and I had uh, like people wanted to fight me, he would always stand up for me. I don't know why. Like I don't, he would treat me bad. He would be like, oh, shut up, Danny and everything. But he loved me, you know. Yeah, you know yeah. those people, right? Like you and your brother, right? Yeah. Like you make fun of him, but when it comes down to protecting him, like yeah, all right, no, let's go, it. right? So he was like my friend, right? And then I graduated high school. He uh, he went on to his life, and I went on his life. And then I was in my brother's house one time, and I saw him that they were having a memorial. So, dude, I asked right or right right away. I asked everybody, and he was like, "What happened? What happened? What happened?" And dude, it turned out that um, he used to smoke weed, 
Mm-hmm. And it turned out that now he was doing heroin. Mm-hmm. And they gave him uh, synthetic heroin. And he tried it in the moment. He OD'd, and the guy that sold it to him didn't call the cops, and he died on the spot. And then, and dude, he had girlfriend, his mom, his little brother. Uh, he had a whole family. Yeah. And, and I look back, and dude, honestly, I've, I don't know how to say this. Like, I've never been hurt. Like, now that I've lost my aunt and I've lost my grandma, like, I feel like a little bit closer to home but that was my first time i ever felt like that close to me bro i stood watching his pictures for like hours and now saying bro we used to listen to music together in his car for hours at lunch and or we used to go eat and we used to mess around or we used to get in fights together and now for a simple fact that he took the wrong thing at the wrong time and because people don't didn't care about him enough to call the cops he died I hope that's what happened. Now that's the story that I got, and I hope that I got it right, just in case. Their somebody fear of getting in trouble, you know, yeah. was more than the love yeah. they had for their friend. And that's exactly what we have to see. If we see somebody that's struggling with 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 uh, with what's it called with drugs, don't just be like, "Oh my god, oh, no, I don't want to get in trouble." No, we gotta get them in trouble. We need to, you know, what we need to do. Some I was talking to somebody this week, and they were saying, "You know, Dan, it's because it's too much sacrifice." Uh, the, what you believe is too much sacrifice for me and i told him okay i understand that but i'm like what am i telling you as to sacrifice i know like i'm just saying like like sacrifice as you go like yeah. like you know what i'm saying like i'm not saying you know if you're like a, like i don't know if you're like a full-blown you know uh you know you smoke weed every single day okay dude just keep doing it and you'll see that the god will com- com- completely will just convince you slowly yeah. and by itself you would be like oh i shouldn't be doing this anymore and ninety percent like guilt, right? Yeah, right? You yeah. start feeling like a guilt, and that's why I want to tell people: like people, if you're struggling with this, don't feel like this guilt is gonna shame you, or I'm gonna go shame you, or somebody's gonna shame you. Nobody should shame you for your sin. Just like nobody shames anybody for anybody getting pregnant. Yeah. No, like nobody shames for anybody watching pornography. Like nobody shames for masturbating. For nobody shaming from, um, you know, saying bad words. I'm gonna go from high to low, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, nobody shames anybody when they say, "Hey, dude, um, you know, I like, I like, I like this girl, and we're doing this incorrect things." Like no. Nobody goes, oh my God, you know, right? But the minute we say drugs, it's like, oh, I knew Rebecca was going to be like that. And there's a stigma. We should also, Mm -hmm. we should, uh, we should just say, you know what? Let's help. Let's help them. And that's, and that's why the, uh, the, the good Samaritan have, when he saw the guy on the floor laying down and hurt, he didn't clean them off and left them there. He cleaned them off, picked them up and took them back to his house. Meaning. That you don't stop. Even the, for example, if you would have told your sister, I'm sorry, I'm I'm ranting and I'm so sorry. Oh, it's cool. But like you said, if your sister would have said, "Oh, you disown me, perfect. I don't care, dude." How would that help you? But yeah. in, in the contrary, she loved you despite the fact that you didn't want to talk to her. Yeah. She talked to you despite the fact that, and that's exactly what we should be doing to people that are struggling with drugs, and not only with drugs, with anything, with any, yeah. with anything that 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 you see that that can be uh, addictive, which is, we can go forever yeah. right yeah. and i want to tell you guys that that I, I i do believe in the in the hotlines that can help you and they can get you uh what's it called uh some help and i also believe that that's a step in the right direction but also mm-hmm. at the end there needs to be jesus centered mm-hmm. because only mm-hmm. with jesus i've only i've i've actually my friend you guys well, you all know chad right mm-hmm. uh chad has clinics and I've seen only a few people come out of the clinic and saying, okay, I'm clean like for five, six years. And they all have one thing in common. They all found Jesus somehow. And, and, mm-hmm. and honestly, I wonder, I'm like, 
why is it that Jesus is not the way out of everything? Like, yeah. It should yeah. be because he is our redeemer and he is the one that gave his life for us not to be on the ground like that. So, guys, I ask you guys that please, if you guys are, are struggling with any any um, any um drugs or anything, I ask you to please, uh, uh, I suggest you go with your, your parents. But I know sometimes that can be the wrong thing. Uh, but if you don't trust them, I suggest you go with your leaders from church. If you don't have any leaders from church, I ask you guys, if you guys like, to reach us out on uh, Redeem. Um, if you are from our church, you have my number and you have my sister's number. And if you don't know it, ask for it. I'm sure it will be hard to get. And uh, I will uh, figure it out. Uh, there but don't feel ashamed don't feel like we're judging you just keep in mind that um we want to love you and we want to help you and um we want to for you to be as close as god as possible guys once again thanks again for choosing the encounter um and like always i will see you guys next week god bless take care